Welcome to the Punts, Bunts, and Jams podcast. No matter if we are recapping the action from the week before, we're setting up what we are most excited to see in the coming days. I guarantee you will have a great time, so sit back and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Punts, Bunts, and Jams podcast. It's going to be a fun evening. We've got several things to talk about. Some big news in college football happening this evening. Probably a little earlier than what most people expected, but still big news. We'll get to that. Also, of course, the Masters happened this weekend, and Cody's going to get us started with that first, but we're also going to talk a little NFL tonight, and uh, we're going to do some rapid fire. we got tons of things to talk about. It's going to be a great episode. So, Cody, go nuts. What's up, Clay Dodd? What's up, buddy? So... I don't know if you saw, but Bryson DeChambeau did not win the Masters. (laughs) He probably had one of the most up and down four days of all time. I mean, he was in the woods. People were looking for his golf ball that was in the, like the first cut, second cut. They just couldn't find his golf ball. He, he had a great day the first day and then, I think it was the first day. It might have been the second. I think it was the second, second day. Second day was his, his good second day because day the first good. day was bad. Yeah. <laughs> the second day, uh, it was it was a little rough, and he just, you know, got a tri- – he got like two or three triple bogeys this week. So, he's got a, a lot to do, and he made so many excuses. He was hurting. He didn't feel well. He was dizzy. Like, he just made a lot of excuses, and – after him being like so gung ho about everything, for him to act like that, it was just frustrating to watch. Uh, wanted yeah. to get that out of the way and on to the winner, Dustin Johnson, number one player in the world for a reason. He absolutely murdered Augusta National, twenty yeah. under, beat the record yeah. by two strokes. Uh, he he made four bogeys, which is the least amount of bogeys for a winner ever of all time in the 84 masters. So just breaking records all over the place shot two sixty fives. That's never been done before. I mean, uh, Sung JM played really well. Top three finish cam Smith, a cool note on cam Smith. He's the only person in masters history to shoot in the sixties every single round. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. What, to me, though, what is more amazing is he's the only person shooting the 60s every single round and didn't and, win. And not not only didn't win, lost by five strokes. Yeah. I mean, that just tells you the the ups and downs that happened throughout the tournament. This guy came in totally consistent and then still didn't win the tournament, but had a great – I mean, it's a great record. I mean, that's oh, obviously – Yeah, that's really that's cool. Huge. I mean, uh, you could tell that he knew about it going in because right when he made that putt uh, – Right at the end, he he looked at his caddy and he was like, "Wow, you know," because I'm sure he knew. Like once he once he didn't knew he wasn't going to win, which was probably yesterday. Honestly, when DJ had a four stroke lead going into Sunday, yeah, he just played it. You know, he he led led um, him and Paul Casey. Paul Casey was was one that I I struggled with to to pick as one of my sleepers. Mm-hmm. Because last year, or I mean, technically, yeah, last year the 2019 Masters, 
I, I had him in one of like a, a 10 golfer pools I had and he didn't make the cut. So I, it, I was kind of like, I'm never picking you again. Like I hate you forever. Uh, yeah. So like I was, I'm, but like my sleepers didn't do that great. Gary Woodland missed cut. Wolf missed the cut. Webb Simpson came through, came through for me again. Um, my actual pick, Xander Shawfle, did not do that well. I think he was four under for the tournament. But you know, DJ is just on another level right now. He's won, I feel like four out of the last eight tournaments, which is just ridiculous. And if you think about it. He very easily could have won the PGA if Morikawa hadn't a shot like a 63. So he he is on fire, and he you just can't stop him right now. Yeah. So let's, does that wrap up everything you want to say about the Masters and, and talk about a little football, or you got anything else? Um, I, I guess I'll mention Tiger. I mean, he had the worst hole in his career today on <laughs> hole number 12. He, he posted a 10 on a par wow. three. Went well, par three. Wow, well, I didn't even see it because you know I missed it. Missed yeah, it. Went, went into the water three different times, and he was three under going into the twelfth, and he left the the hole at four over. Yeah, but then he actually birdied five out of the last six to finish at one under. So, you know, yeah. I don't think there's any golfer on the planet that could have posted a ten and then did what he did after that. That just Hey, you could tell that it really embarrassed – like, really, I think it embarrassed him. And he did not want to finish it like that. And he was just on a tear. So, yeah. I and I don't think he would finish five out of six birdies if he hadn't made that 10. So, I heard, I saw people on Twitter saying that – think about what Tiger would have shot if he hadn't had that bad – you know, that bad hole on 12. But I don't think that he would have, you know, birdied five out of the last six. I just don't think that's how it works. He didn't have any pressure at all. Like, he didn't have any pressure going into the day anyway, but he for sure didn't after that hole. So, he probably just was embarrassed, wanted to do better. And then Phil, my gosh, Phil Mickelson, bless his heart. I mean, his putter was atrocious. There was one time time he had a putt for birdie uh, for like 15 feet, uh, and he putted it down the hill. And it went like 45, 50 feet past. Mm. <laughs> and he ended up double bogeying a hole that, you know, he, he had a chance for a bird. So it was just a not a not a great week for the, the Hall of Famers there. But, <laughs> you know, c- congrats to DJ. He's he's on mm. another level right now. And uh, I, know, I know you want to get into some NFL football, sir. No, we're all good. I mean, I – I, I tried to watch the Masters and um, had every Something intention happened. in watching watching the Masters today. And um, they started say, about three hours earlier, don't they, you? They started a little early on me, and by the time I got, you know, we finished up lunch and everything was, uh, you know, finally settled down and ready to sit down. And I start flipping through the channels trying to find it, and uh, CBS <laughs> is showing uh, you football. Know, a football game, and I'm thinking this this is weird. What? What's the deal? Is it on ESPN? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So I immediately go to the Golf Channel, nothing. I and I look at my app, and I'm like, oh, they're finished, and it's just showing DJ standing there crying. So I'm like, all right, well, this is a, this was great. This is, this is great. I missed the biggest tournament of the this, year. You know, just one of those days. So. Well, I guess I could have been a, a better co-host slash friend and said, hey, 
don't forget they're starting at nine this morning. <laughs> no, no, that that was that's completely on me. That, that one is completely on me. I mean, yeah. it's very strange, and the the reason they did is they didn't want their ratings to be bad with football being on, so that that's why they pushed it up like three hours. So, and that right there shows you the powerhouse that is football. The, yeah, I mean, the Masters, biggest tournament in the world. And they're still worried about just random week nine football games. Right. So a random uh, game um, that, you know, it's not like it was a playoff game. This was just a random regular season game. Not even at the end. We're not even. No, we're, ha- we're a little over halfway through. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit of NFL. And let's talk about what happened today. And um, we'll start out. If you want me to, I'll just run through scores and you just tell me your reaction. and We'll talk about each game. Sounds good to me, pal. All right. So first off, we'll start off with the Browns and the Texans. So the we're up ten late in the fourth. The Texans mm-hmm. get them a touchdown, and then something happened right at the end of the game. Can you explain that to everybody? Or did you, did you yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb actually made a really smart move and did not score. Yeah, and which... a lot of people would would say that he should have scored to go up two scores, but also you no. got to take in consideration. If the other team gets the ball and scores and then gets an onside kick, they could potentially beat you. Yeah, I mean, the only way you can't lose there is if he doesn't score. The only way you can lose there is, you know, if he scores. And, you know, who knows? They could block the extra point, run it back, get a couple points, and then they get the ball back and it's over. They don't even have to, like, do a lot. So, I thought it was brilliant. I think that – there's many, many games in history that would be different if the running back would have just done that. I mean, yeah. uh, Trey Mason, Auburn, 2013 national championship game. They would have been a national championship if he would have went down at the two and not gave Jameis Winston and them so much time. I'm glad he didn't, but you know, <laughs> he did. Uh, I mean, just this year, the Falcons lost the game because they did that against the Lions. So Penn State thought, lost uh, it also very first yep. week. Yep, against Indiana. Um, so, you know, it happens all the time. I think it was a brilliant move. I know uh, probably some betters or uh, some fantasy owners were pretty upset, but that's – who cares? <laughs> you know, they're, they're, not, they're not here for that. So. Right. They're trying to get Ws. And then you move on. We, we had a very interesting game at the end of the fourth quarter. Washington and Detroit. Washington ties it up with like 30 seconds left. And then Detroit turns right around. Actually, I think it was like 16 seconds when Washington hit the field goal to tie it up. Everybody's obviously thinking it's going into overtime. Detroit gets the ball, drive a quick punch down the field, kicks field goal, and wins the game 30-27. to Well, um, I think any win against the NFC East should count as like a half of a win. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree 100%. <laughs> the, the worst thing about that game is – after it's the, this game, it's, it's Washington, Detroit. That's the right. worst thing. <laughs> the Lions after this game are now one and three at home, and Washington is zero and four on the road. So that just shows you how bad that game matchup was. Woof. Next up, we have a. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Lambo. The wind was swirling. Uh, oh. The Jaguars go to Lambo. Obviously, those big cats pretty cold up there in Lambo. Lose twenty four mm. to twenty. Almost made a game, but the Packers hold on, force the fourth down in completion to seal the game right there at the end. And the Packers, in my mind, the Packers should be eight and one. For them to lose to the Vikings is almost unacceptable. So 
you know, it's a good win for Aaron Rodgers. He had a, a really good day, 24-34, 330 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, you, you really can't ask for more than that. So Yeah. Another one of those NFC East matchups, like you were talking about, Eagles take on the Giants. Giants get the win 27-17. to Gross. Okay, okay we're, we're good. The, the NFC East is pathetic. You know who had a good weekend for the East this week? The Cowboys, because they didn't have to play. They didn't have to play. And you know, you, play. you know what? You know what? That uh, that Eagles tie is still looming large in the NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it absolutely is. Punting for a tie to, and it has worked out for them, and I hate that. Um, next up, we had a rare occasion. We had a Buccaneers win 46-23, to which I saw on Twitter. There is a follow on Twitter that this uh, this group keeps up with scores. And they're trying that's to never predict. happened before, right? That's never yeah. happened. So this was the 1,060th ga- uh, game score final or final score that could happen. And no, so, I know you love stuff like that. I think it's oh, cool too, it. but I know you do. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I mean, a, Tom Tom Brady, like he got that bounce back win that we we talked about that he really needed. But I thought the pa- Panthers could have been dangerous, but uh, I guess uh, I was wrong because they they doubled them up. So. Well, I mean, they still put up 23. It wasn't terrible, and they looked really good. At halftime, it was tied up 17-17. They had a shot. They just couldn't do anything after the halftime, and um, the Buccaneers put up 12-17 and 17 to finish out. Tom Brady goes 28-39 for 341 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that's a heck of a day. Um, well, you want to know what's really terrible is your boy did not play Ronald Jones <laughs> oh, in no. a fantasy, and he went completely off. 23 carries for 192 yards and one touchdown. Now, thank, one of, thank you for that. Now, 98 I'm, yards of that was in one play, though. So, it is. it, it still would have been a great day, almost 100 yeah, I mean, yards. Yeah, I would have compl- I would have clinched my division today oh, no. if I would have won. So, like, oh, now, I've, now I've got to beat the number one bah, seed bah, bah, on bah, the other. Oh, um, God. And, but, like, Ronald Jones has not done anything the past two weeks. Like, he's getting, like, four points, three. And I was like, you know what? Bump you, man. I ain't playing you this week. <laughs> he showed me. Somebody got – He did. Somebody told him that I wasn't playing him, and he went off. Yeah, that sounds a lot like me betting a football game is when, when the team shows up is when I'm on the other side. But <sighs> uh, moving on, Broncos, Raiders, long time – uh, you know, rivalry game here. I thought you were going to say long-time listener, long-time caller. <laughs> yeah, close. <laughs> Josh Jacobs has a big day, 112 yards, two touchdowns. And Jerry Judy had a nice day, four receptions, 68 yards. Not bad. Not bad at all. That's four running backs from the university that went over 100 yards this weekend. Wow. Uh, next up, speaking of the university – the Dolphins show out and are three and zero with two behind the behind center and uh, beat the Chargers twenty nine twenty one. Yeah, Tua had another efficient day. Didn't turn the ball over. Uh, special team. This special teams and defense that the Dolphins have really good, really underrated. And uh, Tua's got five touchdowns, no interceptions. His first three games and a tackle. He did have a tackle. Uh, yeah, I did yeah. hear about that, uh, but. <laughs> For, I mean, I guess for a rookie, he's playing incredible. But yeah. they're they're going to have to if they're going to try to do anything, they're they're going to have to start like you know throwing the football on first and second down and not just third and nine. 
I will say that Justin Herbert didn't have a terrible day. He went 20 of 32, 187 yards, and two touchdowns. Not bad. No, he didn't have it. You know, both both rookies, obviously. So, and and the uh, the revenge tour for that, Tua. It shows why those two went in the top five. Is what I'm getting at. They're they're both in their rookie year. They're leading their teams. Both of them had a good day. They're not terrible. They're not game managers. They're playing. They're they're letting them loose, and it's showing. Correct. Do you do you want to save this Bills Cardinals game for last, sir? Yeah, because to me, I, I will definitely talk about the. Uh, the game or the player of the game to me came from the losing team, but we'll move on from that. We'll come back to it. The Rams and Seahawks Rams get a big victory there. Rams get a 23 16 victory over the Seahawks. Um, Both of these teams now six and three definitely heating up out there. Yeah. I, I don't know what Russell Wilson did today, but he probably had at least one or two touchdowns where all he had to do was just, you know, run with his legs, and he he scores, but instead he threw two interceptions. It didn't make any sense. I don't yeah, know what's been going on. Or... Yeah, I don't I don't know what's been going on with him lately. So, uh, yeah, you know, they they were my pick to win the Super Bowl. I I don't feel that confident about it right now, but uh, you know, it is what it is. It's uh, that's the toughest division in football. So, you know, six and three. There are three teams out there that are six and three. So. Uh, yeah. the, the only one that's not is the next game that we'll be discussing. So, Well, uh, the Saints and the 49ers actually had a good game. The 49ers, to me, for the most part of the game, outplayed the Saints. They they just took some really tough breaks. They fumbled a punt return. They, they, um, I think they fumbled two. fumbled two of them that led to two touchdowns. So they lose by 14. That would obviously have them, you know, closer to being, you know, a tie or, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot closer score than what it, it shows just because of those two plays. Right. Well, and then, you know, the Saints, I think Drew Brees got hurt. So, yeah. I think he's going to have some MRIs on those ribs because he got absolutely. Well, I say he got rocked. He did get rocked, but there's no reason for them to call unnecessary roughness on that play. I mean, it was embarrassing yeah, that they, they called a flag on that. Okay. He got, he got sacked. That, that's what happened. He got sacked and his ribs hurt. That's it. Yeah, I mean, and I can tell you why his ribs hurt because they don't let them ever touch them anyway. So when they actually do get hit, that's why that they don't have that conditioning that other players have. No, I do like tender ribs. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, absolutely. You want them right at the part where they start to break apart, but you don't want oh. them to break apart. That's where they're really good. Oh man, oh, gosh, let's let's just go eat now. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. There's somewhere open, I'm sure. Mm. Um, next up, the Bengals come up short against the Steelers. Steelers still undefeated. You can, you can say that. <laughs> yeah. It was a shalopping. It was bad. It was Big really Ben, bad. four touchdowns, 333 yards. There, there's weapons all over the field for that man. And then before we get to the uh, the Cardinals-Bills, Thursday night, the Colts just absolutely – Wow, sounded really interesting. But the Colts took care of <laughs> – must be some big Colts fans over there. Yeah, we got some, <laughs> we got some crybaby Colts up in here. Oh, or boy. crybaby Titans or something. Yeah. I don't know what just happened. I'm sorry, Peanut Gallery. Parker just came in here screaming, and I lost all muscle control. <laughs> He's just excited. All right, and then we'll talk about the final NFL game there that's, that's finished up. Currently, we do have Sunday Night Football going, but Cardinals beat the Bills on the last, uh, last few seconds. Hail Mary. Other than, man, the Bills kicker today, 
hit three of 50 plus, including a 58 yarder. Is that good? That's, I mean, I don't see how you can do any better than that. Of course, it wasn't in New York because he wouldn't have been able to do that. We're in Buffalo right now. But in Phoenix, he was able to do it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it was another Hail Murray. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was bad. I like that a lot. But the Cardinals have got two really, really big wins on their resume. They beat the Seahawks and the Bills. Those are two pretty good teams. And I'm telling you, man, I know I went back and forth 14 times their last podcast. But can you please tell the peanut gallery what's going on in Foxborough? Yeah, right now in Foxborough, the uh, the Patriots are up on Baltimore last time I checked. So they are coming out of play. Looking good. They're up twenty three to twenty three to ten, my friend. Good deal. Good deal. I mean I'm not a Cam fan. I think I make that very clear, but I like Correct. upsets. Make it. Retweet. I, I do like upsets. So yeah, and uh, the Ravens look very upset on the sidelines. Good. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not a Cam fan, but I'm really not a Harbaugh fan of any sort. I don't like the family. I don't know why. Yeah, they're idiots. And I can deal with John a lot better than I can J- James. Yeah, James is a. Yeah, we'll move on. He's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. Well, he is the greatest coach in the country. Right. I mean, Cowherd said that clearly. Clearly. So. Clearly. So let's move on to uh, something that's near and dear to our heart, and that is college football. And I'm ready, Clay. Let's start off in the Atlantic Coast Conference, where Notre Dame is a member of this year. In case you guys didn't know that by now. And uh, Ian Book Mm -hmm. had a day, uh, 2027, 283 yards, three touchdowns. I feel like that's a good day. Plus, he rushed for another 85 yards and a touchdown. Pretty solid day to bounce, you know, not to let BC. A lot of people during the week were on talking about BC was going to do what they did three and sneak up on yep. Notre Dame after they had a big with, with O'Coughlin. Right. And so they get the win 45-31. The really interesting game of the day happened, in my opinion, happened over in Chapel Hill, where North Carolina comes back from a 45 to 24 deficit to win that game 59 to 53. Yeah, they were down 21. Then Sam Howell went absolutely bananas in the second half. Yeah. So, again, uh, apparently, you know, looking at, you know, the preseason, yeah. you know, with all the starters they have coming back on defense, that doesn't mean a hill of beans in the ACC. don't mean anything when you're planning on having track meets instead of football games. That's true. Uh, Miami bounces back from being down 24 to 13. They come back, score the rest of the points for the game, and win this thing 25 to 24. Uh, and uh, really, and they, really, they covered. They, they, they covered. They did, which was a weird, weird line. Uh, I, you get those smelly lines, and most of the time those smelly lines work. This one didn't make sense at all, and it – and it, it just didn't work. So I'm just going to be honest. The, the wrong team was favored, even though it was a one-point game. Yeah. It just didn't make sense because it's not like Virginia Tech had been world beaters. They just got beat by Liberty. Not saying Liberty's not good, but I'm saying it's Liberty's not yeah. – they're not Ohio State. Yeah, my projection I do with my stats that I keep, I had me a four-point favorite. So it was definitely wrong team favorite. Um, mm-hmm. NC State takes care of Florida State. 
38-22, and Virginia gets a win over uh, Louisville, which is still undefeated, uh, 31-17. <laughs> yeah, that Louisville pick always makes me happy. Oh, ain't it the greatest? I, I nailed it. It is so good. Like I, I love that night yeah. because I had North Carolina going 9-1, and one. And I just remember you saying, "Man, Louis. I went through all these ACC. I went through all these ACC teams. I got like four undefeated." Teams. That tells you what kind of square I am, right there. <laughs> Let's move to the Big Four. That's one of my favorite moments ever. <laughs> so over in the Big Four, we had two two games going on. Obviously, TCU and West Virginia. West Virginia takes care of business, twenty four to six, and uh, mm-hmm. Baylor went or loses. 24-23 on one of those crazy, crazy games we talked about earlier with Nick Chubb stepping out. Did you see the ending of Texas Tech and Baylor? I did not, sir. Please please, uh, with, please enlighten me. Texas Tech gets the ball, and they've been down the entire game. In fact, if I remember right, at one time they were down 23-6 to in the third quarter. They start bouncing back and start putting something together there, and they get the ball back with about a minute and a half left. They get out to their 45-yard line, still on their side of the field. 50 seconds left, they run the ball, and he breaks it. Nobody in sight could have easily scored. He, they're still down at this point. Take that in consideration. Mm-hmm. Kid gets down to the – I say nobody in sight. That's an exaggeration. There were some folks around him. But either way, he would have scored easily. Gets down to the uh, the six-yard line and slides. Everybody on the sideline is looking at him like, "What are you know? What is going on here? What? We're not leading. We're trying to win this thing. <laughs> what is going on?" Comes down to a last-second field goal, and Texas Tech gets the win. Why did he do that? I have no clue. I think his. I think what he was thinking is is what we talked about with Chubb and other players. But okay. if you're in the lead, yes, go down there. But what he was not in the lead. I mean, they were trying what, to come back. What what had happened was what had happened was. See, see, I was so confused when you were telling me because I was like, wait, I got confused when you said he slid. He did. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking they were they were behind and he slid. I mean, he was he was out at third base by a mile. Like it was wasn't even close. I don't understand why he slid. I don't get it. But he did, and he got an earful when he got up. Trust me. But it worked out for him in the end because Texas Tech did kick the game-winning field goal. But it was just a yeah. series of events. That's, you know, look, this needs to go, but this needs to happen. There, I don't know about y'all, but when I played football, every single practice, it was almost set up like a baseball practice, in my opinion, where you went over fundamentals every day. You mm-hmm. tackled and blocked before you ever started scrimmaging, before you ever started putting in a game plan, didn't matter what day of the week it was, you did fundamentals before you got started, okay? And Mm -hmm. I think we're missing that in big-time college football. Situational things seem to be just non-existent. They they have no awareness. None. Zero zero funds there. And some of the tackling that I've seen – is really reflecting what we've went through with COVID with nobody wanting to touch anybody because I'm just going to put it out there. They're six foot distance all the time. And (laughs) it's just pathetic. Some of the tackling, some of the blocking, some simple blocking, not I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a guard 
uh, shifting pulling you know, for pulling for thirty yards, right? Or a tackle having to cover the a gap when that guard pulls or anything. I'm talking about simple man to man looking at your face blocking exactly. And it's just like, come on, guys, y'all can do this. But I don't know. Some of those did things... you see? Did you see Jamal Adams today with the Seahawks? No. I'm. I want y'all as a peanut gallery and my co-hosts to look at the goal line attempt of a tackle that Jamal Adams have. I mean, it was probably the most embarrassing attempt at a tackle I've ever seen. It was goal line. He was – the dude was going to score. And he just he just stepped back to the side and let him walk in from like the three or the four. It's not like it was right at the goal line and he was like, well, he's already crossed. He was at the three or four yard line. And Jamal Adams just kind of like stepped back with his head and like put his hands back. Yeah, it's just pathetic. And, then, and, I mean, he's and getting Pete paid Carroll went, yeah, Pete Carroll went nuts. Yeah, I mean, uh, just and, and I know there's been a big push over the last few years. Used to you didn't see this near as much. There's been a big push on guys, quote unquote, saving their body. You know, saving. You know, they step out of bounds earlier, whatever. I, I don't. I don't technically hate that. I mean, I understand it. If, if I'm a running back, I completely understand it. Yeah. Like, if you already got 30 yards, you're like, look, I'm, you know, I'm not going to die to get two more yards now, right here. I will <laughs> say that when you see it, it is frustrating when you see it happen and it's like a third and 17 and they step out at the fifth, after 15 yards because they don't get hit. That kind of, that frustrates me. That's you different. need to know, yeah, that's different. you need to have or, awareness. It goes back to that. Or a quarterback sliding on fourth and four. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Things like that kind of get me. But now, there there seems to be a lot of it when it really – they need to buck up and, and play football. Yeah. But um, – that would, that would be nice. So, let's talk about the Big Ten. So, on Big Ten, Friday night, dude, Iowa made Minnesota look bad. I mean, real bad. Didn't give up a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Win that thing 35-7. to seven. Really – I mean, obviously, they were in control the entire game. Even, you know, they scored 21 in the fourth themselves, but even when they were only up 14 nothing, it really felt like Iowa was in control. There wasn't anything that Minnesota could do to really, you know, make a dent in it, in my opinion. So Yeah, the, the Big Ten's flipped upside down, my friend. Oh, yeah. It, cause it, next it up, doesn't know where it's at. Yeah, exactly, because we're going to talk about the number 10 ranked 4-0 team Indiana taking care of this. Bobby not leading them. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. And uh, they're they're undefeated. They're they're taking on uh, who they got next. I think they Ohio State next. And I thought that did that game not get canceled? Please don't tell me it got canceled. Don't break my heart, Cody. Don't do it. Mm. Ohio State just dodging every bullet they can. All right. So next, maybe, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. Yeah. It okay. We'll come back. I know Ohio State this week, uh, Maryland and Ohio State got canceled. Okay. Sweet. Okay, you're good. All right. It's it's next week at uh, 11 o'clock. Awesome. Which is a really weird time for two undefeateds, but we'll we'll go with it, whatever you all want to do. Northwestern takes care of business against Purdue. This is a – that was a really fun game. Uh, You know, a hit-you-in-the-mouth game. Northwestern is is pretty decent this year. They're 4-0 also. 27-20, they get the win over Purdue. On the road in bad weather, really look good there. Nebraska comes out and gets their first win against who? Penn 
State. Mr. Penn State, the Nittany Lions, which, by the way, let's take this. In picking mascots for your school, and you want to be ferocious, you want to be, you want to strike fear in that other team. Do not put a scarf on your mascot, please. Mm-hmm. Please don't do that. Don't do that. It just, it's not intimidating. I'm sorry. Um, and then Illinois <laughs> gets a win against Rutgers. By the way, this is the first time that Rutgers have been favored in a Big Ten game since 2015. I can't believe they were favored in that game. Six and a half. They were favored almost a touchdown with against Illinois. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird – it's a weird year for everything, but really Big Ten football is just – it's very strange right now. Like, very strange. Let's just – like, it, it's just so strange to look at these Big Ten stand-ins. I mean, something that's not strange, I guess, is Ohio State and Wisconsin being on top. Yeah, Wisconsin. But I was about to get to that. They absolutely destroyed Michigan, 49 You hate. You hate to see it. You just hate to see that kind of stuff. Harbaugh is such a good person. Such a good person, and – you just you're right. You just hate to see it. We had a game today. Did you see? Did you watch it? No, we had a game today. We did. We had a game between two teams in the Pac-12 that uh, scheduled this game on Friday because their two opponents were not able to play. So Cal loses to UCLA today, thirty-four to ten. Is that the first time, other than bowl games, that college football's been played on a Sunday? If it's not the first time, it's just a, one of a handful. And actually, I don't even know if if they ever played on Sundays for bowls because they never want to compete with the NFL. Compete. Yeah, so I bet that might be the. We'll have to look that up somehow. Like we're gonna yeah. have to do some digging on that. Uh, Oregon State and Washington, after putting up forty-five points in the first half, they come out and only put up three points combined in the second half. Washington gets the win, 27-21. It's, first, it's the first game of the season for Washington because they didn't get to play last week. Mm. And I do actually, in my brain, I remember I think like, I think college football plays on Sunday nights, like when they'll do, like, Labor Day. So I guess I'm wrong. I guess now, Labor, Day, Labor Day is its own thing because the NFL has not started yet. It's a week late. Right. That's true. That's true. So as like you're talking about with bowl games and regular season, no, I don't think they ever played on Sundays because they don't want to mess with the NFL. But now on Labor was it Day, on that's TV? Different. Was it on TV? Like, it was on uh, FS1, I believe. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Well, nobody ever knows if it's on the Pac-12 network. Nobody. Yeah, they, there's like nine subscribers. That, that's it. That this has to be the worst negotiating group in the history of negotiators. Do not yeah, they, send them to they, a bank. They won't put it on DirecTV. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know who is a fun team in the Pac-12 to watch? Washington State. Washington State is definitely fun. But I was going to say Colorado. Colorado's 2-0. Okay. Oh. Sorry, I was wrong. No. You're, you, well, look, you had – you know, a handful of teams that we could even say anything because half their league don't even play. Uh, Colorado wins. Cowards. Colorado wins 35-32 over Stanford. And Oregon does come back to win. They put up 22 in the fourth quarter to beat Washington State 43-29. But Washington State, you're right. They were on top of that game for a while. I mean, they were mm-hmm. doing really well. I like that. I like that group. I like that coaching staff coming over from Hawaii. I like that. The, that. What's crazier that 
that Washington State's more fun to watch or that Mississippi State's that bad to watch? Uh, What's crazy? Our boy in Mississippi State's just – he's <laughs> not having a good year. How, I hope we, they bounce back next year. Mississippi State, two and four. They have scored 98 points, which is <laughs> the least amount of points in the SEC, including Vanderbilt, which has scored one more point in 99 points. Didn't – didn't Washington State score 84 last year against UCLA? It was something stupid. It was something <laughs> absolutely bananas. So, almost – he had almost that many points in one game last year. Yes, hello. And then, finally, USC comes back to beat Arizona 34-30. to Some crazy happenings there at the end of that game to get USC a, a win. Another win know, like that? Another win. I mean, just there, you can't sustain that. You either have to dramatically get better from in week three forward, or you're going to lose. You can't keep doing what they're doing. They're so slow out of the gate and they just trail the entire game. Well, they're, they're going to have a, a tough next two games, though, at Utah and at home to Colorado is going to be that's going to be the, the kicker right there because I, I don't think traditionally. USC plays well at Utah. So that that's one of those series whoever's at home is going to win the game. So I mean USC might can win at Utah, but it's going to be a tough game for them. Not that all these other games haven't been tough anyway. So <laughs> So let's move on to our favorite conference. Uh, you know, also we're in the South. So let's talk about the SEC and the three games that we did get to watch some of the SEC play this weekend. Uh, turns out the most exciting one was later that night when Ole Miss beat South Carolina and cost Muschamp his job. Let's just face it. It didn't look I, good for I him. Think, I think a couple people on this podcast said that Muschamp would be fired. So. Yep, I believe I believe so. I need to go back we, and listen. But. Well, I think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. Can now – Apparently Kyle Trask is the best quarterback of all time and uh, we don't we don't even need to, to play the rest of the game because he's won the Heisman. Yeah, he beat Arkansas at home, by the Woo. way. Yeah, they uh, gave up thirty five points to Arkansas. So. Yeah, to Arkansas. Arkansas. Now, I know guys. Arkansas has won Arkansas. three games this year, but this is Still Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> Still thirty five points. And so. then the other game in the ACC, Kentucky barely squeaks one out against Vanderbilt, about thirty eight thirty five. They were up. By, you know, 21 – or actually, yeah, I think they were up 21 in the fourth quarter at one point and end up only winning that game by three points. So, uh, very close, very interesting game right there at the end. Vanderbilt came close to actually – they were on a roll, man. They scored those 14 points late. and uh, Yeah, and I want to say Vandy had like a walk-on running back. Yeah. So, and he was, he was actually playing really, really hard. So He was. So, that wraps up college football, man. Good, good week as far as the games we did get to watch. Bad week just as far as volume. We didn't get a ton of games to see. So, we, you know, yeah. Anyway, so last week we had mentioned something. I gave out a fact in the last episode, in episode 28, and it was about eggs. You remembered. Yay. I do. And I have got a list. And I'm going to, every episode, I'm going to give you a new way to cook an egg. So if you haven't listened to what got this started, you need to go back and check out episode 28. You can even fast forward to the end if you'd like. But here is your first one, and I'm about to screw 
this name of this way up really. No, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> this is made in Portugal. So you can only imagine how well this is going to sound when I try to say this. Now, this kid is from Walker County, right? right Walker here. County, Alabama. Here so, we go, yeah. baby. Yeah, make fun of me. See if you don't like enjoy <laughs> Smith Lake at night. Feels though, I knew it. I knew I was going to screw it up. What did you say? Feels <laughs> de ovos. Well, okay, is there like the a huevos. description? Is there a description of what this is? Yes. Okay. This is it's a sweet dish. It is when they turn the egg yolks into angel hair, called in Portuguese fios de huevos. It, it means egg threads. It is traditional Portuguese sweet food made of eggs, who is stringly drawn out, I guess, made into angel hair, almost like pasta. Okay. And then they make it into thin strands and boil in sugar syrup. So it's sweet. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I would not. I would not be trying egg tacular number one. <laughs> we will go with number two next week. <laughs> Thank you. And when we get to uh, when we record the Look Ahead podcast this week, I mm-hmm. think you're going to ab- yeah, absolutely you'll do number two. Like you, you <laughs> had it number two. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's getting late. (laughs) Oh man, I didn't even mean to say that. (laughs) I know that's the best. That's the best ones, Claydon. It's fine. It's the best ones. All right, so we're going to do. That's all for your eggs tonight. We're going to move on, and um, we're going to get to rapid fire. But yeah, we're going to do the coach hot seat later in the look ahead, right? Yeah, that's that's fine. I just I just do want to say that you know we called it, so must chance called. Most champs out, and we'll get to some. We'll see if we can't call some other coaches their jobs. <laughs> we'll be, we're the uh, new Paul Feinbaum's are just causing everybody jobs. It's bad. It's bad. All right, so let's do some rapid fire. So the first two are linked, kind of like the last episode. I'm kind of in this uh, mood of linking these questions. Okay. But um, the first two of this one, and then the third one's completely by itself. All right, so the first one is, if you had to teach one subject in high school, you had to, and it can't be PE and it can't be history, because obviously those are the go-tos for people who like sports like us, but if you had to teach a class, what would it be, or a subject, what would it be? Uh, Let's see, I can't read. (laughs) I don't know where commas go. I can I can barely use a calculator, so I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go science. Okay. Oh, good. That's gonna work out for everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're. <laughs> hey, I was I was a pretty good little uh, scientist back in the day. I I didn't blow up my frog when we like dissected oh, man, it. I hated I hated dissecting anything. Hated. <laughs> I'm not good with that kind of stuff. Yeah, your stomach's a little weak, oh. friend. <laughs> oh, and of, of course, my the the semester that I had to do that when I took biology, we had to uh, we our teacher for whatever reason decided that we're going to dissect a shark, little baby sharks. Baby shark. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, we smelt that throughout the entire school for at least a week. It was terrible. I bet everybody was so mad. Oh, I was pissed. Everybody was pissed. Okay. (laughs) I think the teacher was mad at herself for coming up with that. 
Like I don't, I didn't, I never understood it. Like I just like using those like beakers, you know, like turning them on and like with the fire. That was fun, and like we would, we would always like put stuff in water and stuff. That was cool. I don't, I don't know if it really helped me in my life, <laughs> knowing that, <laughs> knowing that we could do that kind of thing. But it was really fun. So yeah, I think if I had to teach a subject, I would go with econ because I'm weird. But uh, oh my god, that was one of the hardest classes that I that, love I was, it. that I was ever involved in. So my answer on the next one is also going to fit it, but you're going to have a lot more freedom on this one. And it is simply, if you had to do the same thing, you had to teach a subject or some class in college, what would you teach? Mm. That can be anything. You can do underwater basket weaving. You could do. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I think one of the cooler classes that I had at Alabama was, was definitely when I, as an elective, I I just took this to, took baseball, you know, Right. It, it was really fun. Uh, so I guess I'd like to do like the X's and O's of football. That that'd be really fun to to teach everybody all the different you know formations and you know different schemes on defense, that kind of thing. I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be fun. And I picked on this one. There, out UCLA actually offers this class, mm-hmm. and I think it's very viable. I think it it's uh, it's needed, and it's called adulting. Yeah. And I think I could teach that. I hope I could. I may have to, you know, run back through it a few times. But uh, <clears throat> I think I could make that one happen. Uh, I, I think that was a go. So the last question I have for you, and this is this is something that I think you'll find interesting, but you're going to think on it. What is something that you don't think you will need in 10 years? Something I don't think I will need. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Uh, debit cards. Debit cards. That's interesting because that's yeah, you're right because everything's moving towards apps on your phone. Of course, with like Apple Pay, Google Pay, you can do it all through your phone. Venmo, all that stuff. Right. You don't have to carry anything with you. Mm-hmm. Which, as we make further progress in any of that it's uh seems like a good uh, more and more ways for folks to uh hack your stuff and and buy things that they need yeah fun stuff you know it's hard to hack cash but uh, it, it uh, really that's is a good one. that's a really good well, one. what about I, you i was i don't know i i, I struggled with this one I, I thought it was a really good question because i kept going back and i, I don't know i kept thinking I don't. I won't need a GPS because I've got it on my phone. But I've but that's, not that's been using that for a while. Yeah, but that's technically a GPS kind of thing. Right. Right. So. Oh, I definitely need that. Uh, I'm. I'm going to need that GPS. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I, this is a, okay. A really... I, we might still have debit cards. I'm going to change mine. Okay. I, I'm going to say. I'm going to say checks. Yeah, you definitely won't need checks. That's 100%. I think because, like, I think the only check we write is the one to, to Parker's school. So like that, I think that's it. Like we don't use them for anything else. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, we definitely won't need checks for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, man, that's everything I've got for the, this episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. We got a little look back on the masters college football NFL, and uh, we're going to be recording the look ahead coming up in just a few days. We don't match the horses.
hope that you enjoyed this episode just as much as we enjoyed making it for you. If so, make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast no matter where you get your podcast from. Make sure you send it to a friend because they really need to listen to it as well. If you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on Twitter at PBJPod. You can also send us an email, pbjpod2020 at gmail.com. You can even leave us a voicemail. You just got to go through the Anchor app, hit the leave voicemail link, leave that 10-second voicemail, and we'll put it on the next episode. Thank you for taking your time to listen to the Punts, Months, and Jams podcast, and we'll see you soon.